0: Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa.
1: Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Uh, before we get into the podcast, just want to remind everybody that's listening that we are hosting a virtual investor seminar This coming Tuesday, the 30th of June at 10.30am. Anybody that's listening, you can check out the notes in the podcast for a link where you can register to that and subscribers to the UK Investor magazine um, will also get an email invite if you haven't already registered. Um, We're going to be joined by Roger Hardman, who was the founder and then later sold Um, Hardman and co-research. We have John Levison from SI Capital, uh, Andrew Hoare, who who is the editor of the AIM Journal, as well as Martin Sherwood, um, who works for Kin Capital, focusing on UK SMEs. So once again, you can register for that in the notes to this podcast. So, Um, We're going to be discussing markets and a number of stocks again. And to do that, we're joined by Alan Green. Alan, thank you for joining us again today.
0: Thank you, Jonathan. Good to be back.
1: So, Alan, let's just touch on markets, because as we speak, we're looking at a rather soggy looking FTSE 100. We're down over 2% as we speak, currently trading at around 6160 So, quite a significant drop on the day. I'm looking at this market and I'm thinking this is a classic buy the rumor, sell the fact on the reopening of economies. We've seen those cyclical shares, particularly in the travel sector that have been heavily hit, leading the rally over the last few weeks. Um, They're actually some of the biggest fallers um, today. And, you know, we've seen sort of recent drops and they have started to soften somewhat. In your view, Alan, do you think the recent rally that we have seen um, has been a little bit too optimistic in as far as um, equities really sort of looking forward and, and investors pricing equities um, for a recovery that may not come back as quickly or as strong as equities are, are showing at the moment?
0: But. I think there are a number of factors to consider there, Jonathan, but um, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's very much a buy, buy the rumor sell on the news market at the moment. But um, let's not forget the stock markets look sort of six to nine months ahead. So, of course, um, it, they're trying to predict and project what's going to happen. We um, The markets are reopening. The PM's bullish as ever, um, reducing uh, social distancing to one metre and uh, we can start to go out and socialize again which is all great news Um, but of course there's the legacy uh, impact of the coronavirus on on businesses and and stocks um, and companies and um, we have seen a tremendous amount of monetary uh, uh, stimulus measures uh, introduced to provide help and assistance to businesses and companies to keep them going during the period and also assistance uh, for their employees with a furloughing scheme, which, of course, has cost the UK a huge amount of money um, and also the global economies uh, a huge amount of money too. So the net result of this, of course, is money printing. Um, uh, The fiscal or fiat currencies will ultimately be devalued, but um, that in itself um, will start to drive physical uh, entities and commodities uh, such as gold, such as iron ore, such as rare earth metals. Um, so any any weakness um, in financials, any weakness in other companies, will I believe, to an extent, be offset by um, an increase in strength in the strength of resource stocks. Um, that's energy stocks and of course um, uh, commodity stocks such as. The mining companies and the junior mining sector, and many people will argue that the junior mining sector has been um, has been shunned uh, uh, for, for years, it, trading off absolute lows at the moment. So it is due recovery. So I think we're seeing a bit of a wrestling match between um, uh, uh, traders trying to forecast and take a forward view on the impact on day to day companies in the economy and the potential strength of um, the mining and energy sectors as they stage a recovery.
1: So that that's an interesting point. And I think it's probably going to follow on quite nicely to the first stock that we'll discuss. Now, if you're sort of looking at the global energy market, we've seen, of course, a very sharp decline in the price of um, oil um, in line with that uh, gas. And I think this is going to cause some issues for this big push into cleaner fuels unfortunately, you know this is something that asset managers have been pointing out now um, for for about a year, um obviously with the need to have ESG credentials in a lot of investments. Some investment managers have been saying they're going to be coming away from certain forms of fossil fuels, yeah. however, that does require some investments and i think what we've seen now is with oil falling with um particularly bringing gas down and there was obviously a, being a big push into the cleaner um gas uh, gas powered uh, facilities yeah. i think we're going to start to see um some of these projects long-term returns based on current prices start to look very unattractive um, and that would actually mean some of these growing ec- economies particularly those in Southeast Asia um, that were really set for you know, investment into gas and now looking at um, coal which obviously isn't the cleanest and probably one of the most dirtiest uh, um, forms of, uh, of of power production but it is at this point the most economical and I think for those um, developing economies it's going to be prevalent uh for probably the next uh, the next few years now given this recent drop in uh, in gas prices so with yeah. that in mind alan there, there's there's a company kibo energy which is very much in that sector and, and it is operating in those economies that does lend itself to coal uh, coal powered and that's kibo kibo energy so there's been some updates on those recently what what are we seeing there
0: Okay, so uh, Kibo Energy, and I know you've interviewed the CEO Louis Kurtz uh, before, Jonathan. But um, uh, Kibo uh, have three key thermal coal projects across Africa, and let's not forget Africa is a, a vast continent, and um, a lot of the the, 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 uh, the regions are incredibly remote. So, so the practicalities of bringing clean energy into those areas is incredibly hard. Uh, although the plan eventually will be to do that um in the interim, there are huge power shortages across the land and of course when you when you come to key mining projects and key um, key projects to develop the region and bring prosperity to the region, you need power to do it and coal is an abundant resource and it's available in those regions so um so uh, kibo has focused on um, three key thermal coal projects so the benga power plant project in mozambique the uh, mabasequa uh, power coal to power project in botswana um and also the MBEA project in tanzania and these are these are coal-fired power stations and uh we, we've seen um over, over the past 6 months uh, developments in 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 the uh, in each power project the uh, kibo announced on the 11th of may that it had increased the land title area and assigned a new uh memorandum of understanding uh with uh, with the uh, with, with with the benga power power plant operators um they also announced uh on the on may the 18th that um they had signed an agreement with baobab resources uh to provide 200 megawatts of power to the to baobabs tete steel and vanadium project so that's a, a future contract, that's money in the bank already going forward. Um, and of course, with the COVID situation, um, the, uh, the company continued to, uh, to, to develop the projects. Um, it also has a, has a flexible power project in the UK. And these are, these, these are flexible uh, 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 power plants uh, that are there to provide um, energy into the reserve power market. And it's developing with Master Energy Developments, um, the Bordersley Power Project, and of course, uh, both um, progress uh, uh, progress in bringing the power plant up to production and developing it were put on hold because of COVID. They announced on May the twenty sixth that the um, the site operator ABM Piante had resumed, um, and the 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 the, uh, the schedule of works were were underway, and we would we will be hearing about that uh, uh, very shortly. Um, so, uh, so Kibo uh, currently trades. I mean, the the shares over the year have traded as high as as one point two eight p and as low as zero point two p. It's just off those lows at the moment. Got a, a you know a, a, a minuscule market cap um, uh, in in comparison to the scope and potential of the projects it's involved in, and indeed um, a, a broker note uh, um, uh, late last year. Put a, a discounted valuation of some thirty pence on the shares, um, uh, and and it's the the uh, broke the um, note actually said at the time, discounting back based on Africa uncertainties because obviously there are some of the states in Africa are relatively unstable, so there are there are factors and there are algorithms that are factored in to take that into account, discounting that back. They uh, the broker still a valuation of fifteen pence against Kibo Energy. So clearly, we are we are a, a country mile away from that at the moment. So I I see any potential developments uh, in the next few months uh, toward the end of the year being um, being very positive for the share price. And I think uh, if you if you wanted to invest in a, a small energy company for the future, this would be a very good place to start.
1: Indeed. So I think it's, it's obviously. With that business model there, Alan, as you pointed out, it's obviously going to be dealing with this short-term demand, which, you know, unfortunately is going to be coming from coal, which isn't um, the best for the environment. But they are looking further forward and they're getting prepared for that. So that's going to be an interesting company and I'm sure one that we will revisit again at some point. So we're going to move on now to, to one which... You know, by, by all intents and purposes, you could probably class as a penny stock now, but it used to be uh, a real heavyweight FTSE 100 company, and that's Capita. Of course, there was the government outsourcing uh, company Carillion, uh, their collapse there, um, very similar business model um, at the time to Capita. However, a very sharp re rating over the last few years, it was trading up at around £13. We're now looking at it sub 50p. But you see a bit of value here, uh, Alan, and then there's obviously been some dramatic changes, and, and there needed to be some dramatic changes to the business model. So, what's the sort of case there for, for capital, and what's sort of drawing your eye to it?
0: Well, I think, uh, um, as you rightly say, Jonathan, I mean, th- this is a, a former heavyweight of the, uh, of, of, of the UK markets. Um, and share trading as as high as fifteen pounds a share, um, you know, in the not too distant past. Um, indeed, the shares were trading at um, well over one pound fifty at the end of last year. In fact, one pound seventy five, I think, uh, well, one uh, one pound eighty five. My apologies. At the end of last year, fell off a cliff uh, with the start of COVID because the company said <clears throat> it was unable to um, uh, project any forward guidance uh, based on that. But the thing is with Capita. Um, uh as you rightly say being an outsourcing company in the wake of the carillion debacle i think uh, a lot of analysts and investors have been questioning the validity of these models but the fact is capita is entrenched within the uk government uh um as as a as the preferred contractor of choice um it, it uh, earlier on this year it announced a three-year extension to the ministry of justice contract that's worth 114 million sterling um Four-year extension with the Department of Education to administer the Teachers' Pension Scheme worth sixty million. Um, and over the past uh, over the past few days, we've seen the company announce further developments. It's cut two hundred jobs. It's won an Irish water contract which is worth fifty million euros over over five years. And it's also announced the disposal of Eclipse Legal to Access for fifty six million. So, um, the CEO John Lewis said at the start of the COVID crisis. Um, They would take tough and prudent cost-cutting decisions, which also included, as well as furloughing, reduction in board salaries, which would uh, which was saving the company 100 million. So they've been very proactive in going out and uh, uh, implementing the measures needed to see the company through this, to make it fitter and leaner, and to bring bring it out the other side. Which, of course, was notably absent during the Carillion debacle. So. Um, indeed, uh, uh, the broker TS Capital put out a, rep- a market report on Capita earlier on, uh, in uh, this year, in fact, a couple of months ago, picking it out as a key recovery stock. At that point, the share price was 30p, and of course, we've seen the stock recover already to, to 47 48p. In fact, it's uh, popped over 50p, I think, uh, recently, but the 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 valuation is still tiny in comparison to the size of the company and um i do believe that uh, as we come out of this the company is going to be lean and mean it'll have its uh, its uh, cost infrastructure um uh, optimized um and obviously as i said right at the start it's it's entrenched within the government infrastructure so it's going to win contracts because it's the preferred contractor and i do see that um I believe the company is well managed, and I do see this is a very strong uh, post-covered recovery play.
1: Yes, yeah, so I mean it's, it's going to be an interesting uh, story there for, for Capita because it is, it's a recovery play, but also I think there's probably potential growth there going forward, um, coming out of the, the back of uh, COVID, because there's obviously going to be um, probably some infrastructure projects, and you know, the government's going to be looking at, uh, at cost savings. You know, does that involve uh, outsourcing, and that could potentially benefit capital. So definitely uh, a company, you know, it, it's had a very tough time, uh, but one that, that investors should probably start to to have a look at again in, in greater detail.
0: I think uh, just a footnote on that, Jonathan, that they, they stopped paying a dividend too. And it, it's, it's uh, feasible that that dividend could be reintroduced at some point. So uh, I would say now, uh, I mean, I've also bought into the stock as well. Um, i picked up stock sort of uh you know when i saw the TS capital report and um, i do believe uh, I, I think it's worth buying now and tucking away and and um, if the company continues to run capital if the management continues to run capital as carefully as they have been um, not only could we see some substantial capital gains over the coming years but also if the dividends reintroduced too then um then you've got an income going forward too so it could be a very could be a very smart buy
1: yes so one one to watch there for for the listeners so to finish off alan this is one that that i do like um in in for a number of reasons and and mainly because it's really sort of focusing on uh the the government's targets of becoming net zero um in uh in the coming years and this is smart metering systems and they have a technology so it's one of these companies that you know could be classed as a technology company but then also falls into that category of having very strong esg uh credentials and there's been a significant level of growth there uh with them so and what um when, when you're looking at this company what's really sort of standing out to you in the sort of wider environment of uh, you know sort of lower carbon going forward where where is um, smart metering systems seeing their growth from
0: okay uh, i i spoke about smart metering on monday on the vox podcast actually and i and I've, it's been one i've been following for a number of years and of course as the name implies um smart metering systems they are smart meters for gas electricity energy management data collection and they also have um uh a number of carbon reduction assets, which, as you rightly say, um, means that uh, means they're sort of one of the one of the key, or, or, or they will be a key player going forward in uh, adopting the zero net emissions by two thousand and fifty. You know, in in which area the government, the UK government, leads the world. Um, but um, smart metering has undergone a sea change over the past uh, few months. Um, in that uh, it was carrying debt for a no- for for a number of years, and um, the the company made a series of key announcements uh, during the first and second quarters of, of this year. Um, firstly, uh, they said that they announced um, in their full year results that um, March that in in, in March that uh, the Columbia Threadneedle Fund. Um, were going to develop uh, their sister uh, uh, smart metering in, in developing their care pipeline. That's the carbon reduction assets pipeline. Um, they also announced the sale of, the, of a, a of, of a, a, a selection of their meter assets to Equitex and raised in the process two hundred ninety one million sterling. Now at a stroke, what's that? What that has done? It's taken out the two hundred million of debt the company has been carrying and it's put it into a net positive uh, position or a cash positive position. Um, they also announced at the same time uh, uh, they were going to create a long-term dividend policy um, and indeed would be paying a dividend uh, um, of 25 pence per share, increasing in line with uh, the retail price index until 2024. So another very good reason to hold the comp- to, to hold the stock. Um, Revenue increased to 114 million. Pre, pre-exceptional EBITDA was up 14%. Um, and uh, this, the long-standing long CEO there, Alan Foy, said that um, the, the performance of the company during the COVID crisis was a testimony to its market position and its operational capabilities. So it, th- this is a company that I, I think has had a very strong business model over the years, but has taken some some key steps in the past few months to restructure its business, to make sure that um, it is in pro- pole position to adopt uh, the zero net to, to, to uh, become part of the government policy to adopt zero net emissions by t- uh, 2050 um, and also it's rewarding shareholders in the process as a result of that financial restructuring the the net cash position of 48 million that it now has plus 300 million of banking facilities. Um, the dividends going to be very well covered going forward um, so that the the company announced um, a trading update earlier well in fact yesterday after i spoke about the company on the vox podcast on monday and they said that um the uh, despite the um covid crisis um the it still expects the underlying full-year performance to be in line with earlier pre-covid expectations um you know which is a pretty it, it, it's a resounding uh, endorsement really of smart metering as a company um its management and of course its technologies so I do see this as a very strong buy going forward. And uh, and also, of course, there's the big attraction for investors of the, the chunky dividend that the company is now going to pay.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, one thing I would point out as well is, you know, the smart Metering systems is operating predominantly in the UK, but there is a growing global industry growing behind this. And yeah. um, there's a company, Sign which is actually going to be, presenting at the uh, UK Investor Magazine virtual seminar on Tuesday, um, which has a number of operations in uh, in, in, in India. Um, and they've just started on um, shipping over a number of their OmniMesh uh, modules. So it, it, where Smart Systems uh, is operating potentially here in, in the UK, um, we're starting to see a global adoption of this industry. And, and I think going forward, with the bigger picture of a global reduction in in carbon this is going to become more and more prevalent so i, I think you know whether it's smart metering systems or, or sign cano this is definitely a sector that, that investors should start to uh consider yeah so right. yeah do uh do register for the uh, event on uh, on tuesday to hear a little bit more about that uh, uh that sector which is, which is growing at the moment so Alan, um, thank you very much for being with us today on the UK Investor Magazine podcast. And we'll be back next week.
0: Thank you, Jonathan.
1: Fantastic. So um, as a reminder, the notes of this podcast will contain a link where you can sign up to the upcoming UK Investor Magazine virtual seminar.